historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue Recording on this, the 26th of February. Oh my god, I am Dino and you are... I am Ace, again, this week. It, it's crazy. We hold our, we retain our identities from week to week. Wow. Ah, I know. It never changes. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, I may be a completely different person, and that'll really send people through. Yeah, um, that'll be horrible. Yeah. We have a guest today, don't we? We do. We have a very special guest today. Uh, uh, Carrie, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Carrie Wedler. I'm very excited to be talking to you guys. I uh, I make videos about anarchy, Heck and yeah. uh, they're kind of sassy. I used to run a news organization <laughs> called the Anti Media that was suspended, banned, kicked off social media in 2018. I'm still not over it. Uh, we're talking. <laughs> It's been five and a half years. I'm still talking about it. But uh, we were kind of like the first out the gate after Alex Jones to get banned. And we were mm-hmm. not uh, as controversial as Alex Jones. Uh-huh. But um, I very much care about what we talked about were things that you guys love to talk about. There was always an underlying anarchy message, but it was about uh, statism, the violence that's inherent to it and the manifestations yeah. of that and all the harm it causes humanity. So I yes. still make my videos and I still care very much, but... I just no longer have that big of a platform, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm never going to shut up. I like to say I'm a little cockroach. I just I'm not going away. I may Can't take little killed. breaks, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that that was something when when that first happened when the Alex Jones bands first came down. Um, that was that was a real turning point for the centralized web. Like when yeah. when that happened when it when it was obvious that the um, app stores were colluding to make it happen when it was obvious that the podcast apps were making it happen um, that there, that was the turning point I think for the for the centralized web where everyone kind of understood okay we have to be building alternatives because this is not going to work right uh, long exactly. not long term anyway. Yeah, and it's interesting because our ban, so it was Facebook in the morning, and this is about three months after Alex Jones. It was Facebook in the morning. No, two months after Alex Jones. Facebook in the morning. I'm going to get this in one take now. And then later in the afternoon, it was Twitter. So I had never heard of separate social media platforms colluding or communicating. And of course, I can't prove that that's what happened, but it would be one hell of a coincidence if they just both (laughs) happened to ban us in the same day and they're both working with uh, the Atlantic Council, which again can't prove that that's who told us or who told these uh, platforms to kick us off, but they had both formed partnerships, you know, to protect democracy yes. Yes. from the Russians. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so it all—it was very curious how that happened, and the Twitter files were revealed some information, yep. but I find it interesting that like they haven't gone back that far. Even they're still focusing on yep. 2020. And I don't know if they are going to go back that far, but it did start long before what a lot of conservatives mm-hmm. are, are very concerned. There's about a now. very good reason that Elon wouldn't want to go back that far. And that is, if it is, if it is true that the trust and safety teams at Twitter and at, and at Facebook and at Apple, as far as their content moderation team goes, if it's true that those teams were in communication, which based on what's come out of the birds, site documents seems like is is a real possibility these people talk to a lot of people um if if that was found to be true uh 
there's an antitrust case that is uh, a slam fucking dunk mm-hmm. and could result in the breakup of a lot of these tech companies. So there's a very good reason that Elon would not want to go back that far to that particular band wave, especially the Alex Jones band, because if it is yeah. true that those trust and safety teams were talking to one another and that basically the entire tech industry colluded to get this guy kicked off the mm-hmm. internet, um, that's an antitrust case and they lose. That's true. I also wonder, though, like angling on the part of the federal government, like would and I don't have an opinion on this. I'm just thinking about it now. But wouldn't that like in a way favor Alex Jones and they wouldn't want to risk promoting that, like seeing as like they're like being perceived as defending Alex Jones or are they just so power hungry and eager to centralize? It wouldn't matter what the justification is. I I think ultimately it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the Internet, the centralized web is is. I mean, it's centralized. I mean, now he's over on yeah. Cozy talking to 51 people on a live stream. <laughs> so it's like I, it, yeah. they, they won, like they did what they needed to do. Um, yeah. And and that's the that's the terrifying part of it is the fact that they, yeah. they did win. That's I mean, Alex Jones is is uh, I, I, I mean, look, I, outside of other people who give him a platform, he's he's left with almost nothing except for that original core group of fans that would have stayed with him. That's mm-hmm. true. He's just a meme now. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to spin off on the Alex Jones band. That's my <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, no, it's it's really relevant. And it, that seemed, it did seem like a turning point because prior to that, like we had seen our reach start to dip because the Washington Post did basically a hit piece shortly after mm-hmm. the 2016 election. And they ended up putting a long retraction in the article. Basically, they had cited an anonymous group called Prop or Not that was like, very smugly celebrating our band the day we got banned, like literally calling us out. And I believe the Free Thought Project saying like, ha ha, these Russian agents got banned. Ha finally, like such an unprofessional group of anonymous people. Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald called them out. Like this was back when Taibbi was with the Rolling Stone and Greenwald was at mm-hmm. The Intercept. Like yep. this article was, it was such poor, atrocious journalism. And they didn't put our name directly in the article, but they cited the document, which is no, mm-hmm. it's no longer on the web. I've tried finding on archive.org. It's not there. Um, it's been completely scrubbed. Um, but it really was a turning point because, yes, our reach had been limited. We were struggling and we had over two million followers on Facebook. Twitter was not our biggest following, but this is back when Facebook used to be a primary platform. Mm-hmm. Nobody uses Facebook anymore, but back mm-hmm. then they did. Um, but we never thought that it would be bans. And even when Alex Jones was banned, like, I was thinking like, uh oh, like this is getting a little close to home. Not that we were particularly aligned with Alex Jones, but they were going mm-hmm. after more independent people. Right. But it still came quite quickly. Like I even thought, I remember the morning that Facebook banned us. I was like, oh, we're going to get the account back. Like we never even had a violation or a strike or a notice of any kind. I guess I was yeah. in denial because I was like, ah, oh, I'm not worried. It's going to be fine. And then when Twitter hit, we were like, oh, F. I don't know if I can cuss on the show, but you um, can. Oh, yeah, you can. You're, you're free to say whatever. <laughs> Cool. And that it just in retrospect, like, I think I kind of knew at the time, but looking back on it, the Alex Jones stuff really was a turning point. And mm-hmm. it seems like th- whoever the powers that be are, however directly in contact they are with each other, that seemed like mm-hmm. dipping their toes in the water to see what their reception would be. And of course, people on the left who used to be champions oh, of free speech, they, they cheered it. Right. Yeah. They were all for it. And so it was like a green light. OK, let's go. We can ban whoever right. we want. And then they went on to do that. 
Yeah, it, it really did seem like because all of a sudden it seemed like all these um, like, I guess, mainstream media organizations basically started putting out, uh, as you said, like like almost hit pieces saying these are all the places we don't like. Right. right. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's very weird how right after they started doing this or kind of like in tandem, all these media sites started getting targeted uh, mm-hmm. by all these platforms. It's like hmm, very suspicious. How interesting. <laughs> Right. And it was so easy to, to like, they just, they launched that Russia narrative so quickly. Oh, and that yeah. report I was talking about, the proper not thing, it was, they were calling it like, they're either agents for or useful idiots for Russia. And if you say that, well, then they must be banned and they have to go right. and too bad. And like, I got a kind of like a temperature reading on this because I'm in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. one of my friends who is very like-minded with us was talking to, you know, someone in the yoga community, which half is is very open-minded, half is very much liberal establishment propaganda indoctrination. Oh, sure, and, sure. And, uh, and my friend was telling this, you know, just this random person in a yoga class, well, you know, my friend, she has this news organization and they cover like war and corporate corruption and police brutality and mass surveillance and all these things you'd think that someone on the left would care about. Yeah. And she was telling him how we got banned and he goes... Yeah, well, if that's what we have to do to fight intolerance and hate, too bad. You know, like, take one for the team, bitch. And and that has really been the mentality. It's rare to find. And I don't want to say there are no people on the left who oppose censorship because there are. And they're principled. And I appreciate it. I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to find common ground with anyone. I can find common ground with anybody. I can also find, like, huge discrepancies in values and morals (laughs) with all of those same people. But uh, I, I like to at least acknowledge that I can find common ground with people. And the same can be said for the right, because they didn't care that people were getting banned until it, they perceived that it was their people. No, right. the establishment right think- let um, Alex Jones and the and the wave that followed, which 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 you were certainly in, the the, the establishment right let that happen. Um, and I think in a large part because they didn't want to be seen as defending it they they didn't want to be seen as defending alex jones they right. they did that that's he's a poison pill everything he touches turns to shit we can't be seen to defend him and mm-hmm. uh they 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 just played along with it they just let it go right and it's well it's so funny too because now they're playing such a victim card and their entire <laughs> narrative well not their entire narrative but much of their narrative prior to that was don't be a snowflake liberals are such right. snowflakes they're such victims they're so attached to their victimhood and now like right. so much of their identity and their justification for their sadism is i'm a victim i need someone to protect me whether it's elon musk or the government or andrew right. tate or jordan peterson right. like they need some some leader to take care of them and of course yeah. it's worse when it's the government versus these individual characters but regardless it's the same mentality right. they need a yeah. daddy They're so oppressed. they they badly yeah, exactly. badly need a daddy <laughs> <laughs> it's really true it is so it's very true <laughs> yeah it's hard to watch <laughs> <laughs> whenever well, I, I see oh good no you good oh no I, I i was just gonna say like whenever i see and this is like obviously right and left but it's uh both sides but whenever i see people who are just like at a political rally who are just enthusiastically cheering and like some people even crying i get like this disgusting feeling in my stomach it's like it's like watching yeah. like, it's I like watching a scientology them. it's like watching the big scientology <laughs> meetups that they have like yes. in the big auditorium <laughs> It's it's like watching that. It it just makes you sick to your stomach. Yeah, and I have I have some sympathy for them because it really is a you know they know not what they do type moment. Right. But it's right. it's very it's still very like oh god I can't watch this. 
Yeah, it's difficult. And I'm very much of the Larkin Rose sensibility uh-huh. of like statism is the biggest cult and religion. Yes. And and what's funny is like you look at the right and they are so opposed to socialism and communism and quote big government or they think they are fine and like same, me too, cool. Um, but then they're over their boot licking and their right. solution is still government. Their solution is not even like they yeah. think they want to lessen government, yes. But then also you look at the left and they think they're so against religion and then they have their little like Kamala Harris and Fauci prayer camp. Right. And like, I get that it's a gag <laughs> gift, but like, yeah, like there's truth in jokes, you know, yeah, there's always a little absolutely. bit of truth and it's, and I'm, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm still here. I don't want to be, but I am here for, for good reasons right now. And yeah. it like, you go to a, like a card shop, there's this card shop. I love, they have great cards, but they have like, like Kamala Harris pins and like oh. in Fauci, we trust. And like, they're, they, it's serious. Like, they're not mocking liberals they believe it and there's such Uh a level of cultism and then again i can flip back to the right and it's like they hate collectivism and then they're crying about their flag and their country and america first and when i say country i don't just mean nation it's their government they're so attached to their little constitution and their idea of a republic and we fought the revolution we you were there you were there in 1776 like it's just like it's hypocrisy everywhere and that's statism rots the brain unfortunately and i again i know people mean well but something I have learned from Larkin Rose is like, that's, that's what sadism does. Like the people who are in power, the people who claim to be quote, a government, they exploit people's good intentions and people's morals and twist it and bastardize it into evil. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Just like, you know, I mean, you see this all the time, especially with war, but with everything, of course, right. It's like, Oh, if you don't want to be involved in this war, that means you want this, the, you know, um, quote unquote you know the defensive side of the war to lose and you want all right. the bad things to happen to them because you're just going to let all these bad people do bad things to these good people they prey uh, on your you better know. nature they 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 mm-hmm. they want you to believe that what they are doing at any given moment is in service to someone someone that matters right. someone who deserves it mm-hmm. and because yeah. humans are such moral creatures and we are um, because humans are such moral creatures and because we value that idea so greatly, people are very, very manipulable in that way. And, and right. they, they, they believe it because, because it's, because really there's very little evidence to the contrary, as far as the mainstream right. is concerned, as far as mainstream knowledge, mainstream quote unquote facts are concerned, there's very little evidence mm-hmm. to the contrary. Well, we had to do what happened in Libya because Gaddafi was, was the guy that he was. We had to do what happened right. in Iraq because, uh, Hussein was the guy that he was um and and it's it's it preys on that idea that that people do want to help people it's just nobody really knows how (laughs) right and And so they think we'll just leave it up to the government (laughs) right these people who have like the longest track record of misconduct and and it's just so sad because again it's like there are even people who go into government wanting to do good like there's this whole mentality if you work for the government you're evil and like Yes, in practice, the consequence of it, of course, right. it produces evil. Like I am, I am, incre- I'm as anti-government as you can be. I'm an anarchist. I don't believe in its legitimacy whatsoever. But I found it's a very depressing and like soul decaying way to be to just assume that everyone who works in the government is horrible. I don't. Believe well, there's that. also a difference think- between the DMV clerk and the cop. 
Right. There's right. a there's a difference right. between there's a difference between the prosecutor and the um like the 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 borough councilman. Right. Right. Like, like right. there's a difference between those things. They're not the, the president of the United States ordering uh, drones to kill 16 year old kids right. from Denver. Like that's right. not that's, that's not the same thing at all. <laughs> right. And it's like I still understand the all cops are bastard argument. And I think it could even bastard one singular bastard. Yes, yes. And I think it it does still apply because in the end, the consequence is the same. The mechanism of power is the same. It's violence. It's aggression. It's coercion. Like, I don't even dispute that. It's just I I have met enough people who work in government. It's like, again, they know not what they do. That doesn't mean it's okay. That doesn't mean it's moral. That doesn't mean we have to tolerate it. But it has helped me just in my own well-being as someone with such divergent views from the mainstream. Like, it helps just to remember that not everybody goes into it with evil intentions. Sure, they absolutely do. There are those people who go into these positions and seek them out precisely because they are terrible, violent, megalomaniac right. people. But that's not always the case. And again, this is not an endorsement of anyone in government. Right. They should all get fired. They should sure, all be out right. of jobs. Like I, This is not to say that I believe there's any legitimacy at all, mm-hmm. but just in terms of hope for humanity, like right. whether it's the people who subscribe to the statism because they've been indoctrinated into it or the people who participate it, participate in it actively, like taking positions because they think they're doing good. Like yeah. it's just, I feel something that's been hard to watch over the last few years, aside from the obvious acceleration of statism and centralized power and all of that like that goes without saying but some of it a lot of the the struggle for me has been watching people i agree with turn to such animosity and like really shun their own humanity and their own souls because Mm -hmm. they're so angry at the other side and for me it's like you're becoming a mirror image like this hate this (laughs) this reactivity like you are you're mirroring the statism and like, it, I'm not saying it's not justified. I'm angry. I'm pissed. You can watch my videos. You can see that I have a lot of feelings about statism. Like, it's not <laughs> to say that any of it, like, it's all valid. I'm very much into like, like allowing our feelings. They're valid. They're all valid. They're all legitimate. But like, I just try to make an active effort to not let that destroy my own right. sense of humanity. Because if we lose that, then like, who's fighting the quote, good fight? And I hesitate to mm-hmm. even use that term. But like, we're this whole mentality is like the people we agree with again i agree with you all but like if we become the thing we hate like you stare long enough into right. the abyss you you know it's we're just going to perpetuate the same thing we've yeah. made the and i, I think it's, no go for go it go for it i was, I was gonna say uh th- that's such a good point too because it's like if you have the belief that you know like your neighbor and not just your neighbor but all your neighbors because if you have such divergent views as you said and uh, in this worldview if you believe that all your neighbors and any potential neighbor you could have is just an irredeemable person who mm-hmm. is actively there's evil and completely irredeemable you, that's going to like change you into being a worse person because then you're not going. You're just going to, you know, completely be a shut in, and I mean shut in in the worst way, in like just yeah. antisocial. Uh, and and it defeats. Yes, and it defeats any hope you have of actually building a a community that that would be the kind of community you would want. Like because right. if you can't, exactly. if if you if your if your immediate reaction to people is that. Um, you are threatened immediately by just the presence of others who disagree right. with you on one thing or another. Uh, you you are setting yourself up to fail because the secret the secret then becomes, and I'm going to be a little meaner than you guys are. You're the asshole <laughs> in that situation. It's not even necessarily right. because you don't want to be around them; they won't want to be around you. Right. right. 
you're, so you're, you're destroying yeah. exactly you're destroying that idea of community you're you're, you're absolutely yeah. de- demolishing it and it, it doesn't matter even if you even if your ideal is some uh hoppy and covenant community where everybody agrees on everything that's first of all impossible people are going to disagree on things and if your immediate reaction is when that happens is to think of a person as a threat to your fucking life or your property <laughs> values then you're uh you're the you're the dick <laughs> yeah and and the thing is like i get a lot of pushback i don't tweet about it all the time but when i do tweet about this i get a lot of pushback of like no fuck them fuck them they're my enemy they want to do mm-hmm. harm to me this and that okay fine i'm not saying that's not true they may not be conscious of the fact that they are right. trying to cause harm to you but like i for me fine forget about other people forget about your goals think about yourself and your own well-being is that do you enjoy being caught in this kind of reactivity all the time is that a pleasant life for you right it's not for me it's miserable i don't like hating everyone and being angry and i can have my boundaries and i can say no i will not comply no i will not tolerate this i will speak out as loudly as i can i will take measures to not participate to undermine your power and your quote authority but like I don't want to, I don't want to be angry all the time. It's not fun. I've, I've been that way. I've been doing this a long time. And when I started out and I'm still angry, I've been angry this whole time. Like I'm not (laughs) saying don't be angry. I have not stopped being angry. It's hard to like have our perspective on the world and our philosophy and not be pissed off. It's so valid. Be angry. Just like, I don't know, like care a little bit for your heart and your soul, I guess. And I, I learned that the hard way because I was so angry all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Go back and watch my earlier videos. Oh, I cringe. I can't watch them because I'm so <laughs> mad. It's like in my face. It's like twisting my face. I'm snarling. Yeah. And like, <laughs> fine. It's it's still valid. But like, I, I've just reached a point where I couldn't exist that way anymore. Like if my values are, are true peace and cooperation and love. And I sound like a hippie. Like, yes, I'm from California. I do a lot of yoga and meditation, but like, it's beyond (laughs) that, you know, like this underpins my values of why I so inherently oppose the state, why I believe the state is inherently illegitimate. And all of these behaviors that so many of us are pushing back against are not okay. Why they're immoral, why they're so wrong. So like, I would like to embody those qualities or at least try it's a practice. It's not, you can't get it perfect. We're human beings, but it, at least it matters to me to try. To me, it's one of those, those things are, that oh, I'm sorry. Uh, to, to me, it's one of those no, things no, that ahead, it's not. It's not so deeply about. Honestly, you're 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 100 correct in saying that it is better for your soul <laughs> to not be <laughs> pissed about all that shit all the time. But I think there's also another layer to it that I think resonates with me, especially being an anarchist and and all these things that that it ultimately, if you are in a position where every single part of your life is about being set against something. Mm-hmm. You're you are more controlled by that thing than if you were just complying yes. to, with it. Like you're yeah. you're you, yeah. it is it is rent free in your head, controlling your every fucking action. Yeah. You have no freedom. And to me, yep, it was more freeing to me. And part of this was also developing a life outside of just this stuff, which is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should have a personality that's that's more than just anarchist, right? But um, okay. the the uh, the the. What what was more sort of important about it to me, other than than the health of of you know the soul or whatever it may be, which is valid, <laughs> a good point. But the freedom that you feel when you decide I'm no longer going to be about being set against. I'm 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 living. I'm advocating for me and mine, and yeah. and whatever I want to do, I'll find a way to do it. And it's not so much mm-hmm. about hating this thing or that thing it's about pursuing that which you enjoy and that what you want to do right. and when yep. the state gets your in your way in doing that 
Oh, route around. Find a way. But pursue the thing you like. Don't make it about hating the thing you hate. You know what I mean? Right. And because that's so much of what statism is built on. It's pitting against. It's hating. It's othering. It's finding an enemy and using state authority to oppress them or stop them or, you know, protect you. And it's I, I could not agree more. And I think that extends not just to like doing things positive in your own life that bring you joy, because that is incredibly important. And like, I feel like people are quite depressed in modern quote society. I know, like everybody mocks the word society, but in modern human paradigms, people yeah. are like, not <laughs> particularly happy. Um, but yeah. also just from a strategy standpoint, like, okay, if we want to, if we want the government to end, there has to be another option. Because if the average person is so indoctrinated that they're so dependent on the state, we have to show mm-hmm. them a better way. We can't just be complaining all the time. And I say this, like, honestly, probably mostly to myself because my primary method is videos. And I do think it's important to change people's minds and, you know, change the consciousness. But also in practical terms, like building the new is not just positive and good for your soul and whatever. It's actually essential if we want to see a real paradigm shift. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's a that's such a good point, too, right? Because I've seen people and like, you know, the values you're talking about, like um, wanting to uh, exude like peace and cooperation with people. I feel like those are like classic liberal values that I feel like a lot of people like kind of like in the libertarian movement have kind of like left by the wayside, uh, unfortunately, in a lot of ways. And I can understand. Right. I get like, as you said, I can understand the anchor there. Uh, but at a certain point, if you become a person where you're just like a politics and personality person, um, right. where, you know, where that is your entire identity, it just, becomes, <laughs> as uh, Dean was saying, you know, you just become reactive to whatever the, the thing you hate is doing at any given time. And then that's your whole like uh, feedback mechanism. It's it's all right. that, it's all that begins to matter at a certain point. And then mm-hmm. you also you and and the, the point about being an example is is an important one as well. There's a there's a. My upstairs neighbors are stomping. I'm sorry. Uh, this is why I'm getting the fuck out of the city, <laughs> which is again part of pursuing what I want. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. The uh, the 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 that idea about being being sort of and not not just that it's the necessity of building the world you want, but it's also the way that you bring people to your side is not by constantly being pissed about stuff. It's by proving that when you have this mentality. When you have, when you value freedom like I do, when you, when you see the world this way, your life gets better actively. Yeah. Like you, you, fe- you will feel better. Your life will get better because the change in the mindset to be, to be oriented toward freedom is a change that will cause you to value your own freedom and want to pursue your own goals in a way that you cannot do if your entire uh, personality, your entire ideology is based on reacting to your enemy. Right. The, the, yeah, just to re- yeah. The, the example the example is just golden and 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 that's what changes people's minds. At least in yeah, my and view. Just, <laughs> I don't want to talk, I don't no, want to talk abs- too broadly, but that's my opinion on it anyway. Yeah. And to reiterate what you said, because I think it's so important, like you're not free if you are a slave to your reactivity toward the system you oppose. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's such an enslavement there when you can't even collect your own feelings and collect yourself and, and act accordingly. Like when you're constantly just barfing out reactions on Twitter, like Twitter is not my favorite place. I was suspended a long time ago and I've been back for a year or two. But when I go on, it's like 
my entire nervous system it, it, it's uh-huh. I'm like five minutes later i'm like why am i so nervous why why do i why is my heart racing why do i feel <laughs> yep, like i just yep. had three cups of coffee oh my god <laughs> when and you log on to twitter that should just be the first thing twitter greets you with is that quote twitter <laughs> it's not my favorite place <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it's it's a difficult place to be and it's just yeah. it's people reacting and again i see yeah. such a lack of freedom there even as people are like championing freedom you know and something that i love about mm-hmm. you ace is you're so non-reactive like you don't, I have never once seen you get emotional with somebody who's just having a tantrum with you. Like you're always just so cool, calm, collected. You just reply with, with your, with your argument, with your point, with your rationality. And they're just like screeching at you. It's almost like, like the more calm you are, the more elevated they get. And uh-huh, it's, yeah. it, it just, again, like being attached to this system, even making it part of your identity you're not you're never going to be free and it is so empowering it is so liberating to take actual steps whether it's on a consciousness level or in a physical world level that like that is the true path to freedom yeah and and there are many paths to freedom i want to act like i have all the answers because that's the whole point like i'm not the authority on freedom i have my ideas but like it, it it does take all kinds of people and all approaches and all ideas and all innovation. And that is what's so beautiful about the philosophy. And that's one of mm-hmm. the reasons I trust it so much. Right. Yeah. It, it, it very much, you know, I, I think it's always important to stress as you're kind of pointing out here is that like, uh, you don't need other people to like be a good person yourself. Right. Yeah. So you, you that really like can take weight off your shoulders. Like I can just be myself. I can just, you know, be as good of a person as I can be. And I don't need anyone else to agree with me. Like I don't need right. other people. Like I don't need other people to see the state is uh, unjustified uh, for me to speak out against it. Like, well, it's like, the it's the classic kind of thing where if you cared if if you cared about having a bunch of people agree with you, you would be you would be in favor of democracy. Like that would be the right exactly. I would just be <laughs> I would just be a Republican or Democrat. I'd pick one of the two big parties. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a great point. It's a great point. And it, it it's uh, and it is I I, I do want to kind of to jerk off Ace a little more I I, I am always <laughs> I am I am always amazed with how chill he is in his responses to things because a, a lot of the time the response is very simple it, it's like because what you're proposing is morally wrong like <laughs> and people really 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 hate that answer <laughs> I, yeah. I I like to always whenever I'm making a moral argument I always like to show something that they already believe that is morally correct right you are you right. get the, their foot in the door you say okay well you already believe this is immoral and now i'm just showing you why if you believe this then logically you should just believe this too because this is just an extension of that which you already believe uh and and people sometimes get very upset about that but you know um you know you were talking um carrie you were talking earlier about larkin rose and i you know his uh candles in the dark um yes uh, program uh, Th- that's funny because that, what you were just saying, I was like, "That's Larkin Rose candles in the dark." Yeah, yeah. So i I've been um, I've been an anarchist, a libertarian anarchist for like I think about ten or eleven years now. So right when I was like kind of like getting into this whole thing and re- like reading, because I went through like a libertarian anarchist phase where I just read for like absorbed as much of the philosophy as I could for like two or three years. Uh, it's funny because you, Larkin Rose, and a few others were like it's the, the people who like kind of really helped me with that. So it's Aww. really cool to like kind of like. Uh, have you on the show right now (laughs) oh thank you so much you know it's funny because I came from the left I Uh was very much a big government progressive I voted for Obama like proudly not in like a well he's a lesser of two evils type of thing it was like no this guy's he's a cross between JFK and Abraham Lincoln and he's gonna (laughs) save the country and we're gonna usher in a new era of utopia like I was I was in it um and so it 
when I finally realized, it's funny because Obama was the reason I then flipped and went down the road mm-hmm. of anarchism. It was like Obama, then Ron Paul, then, you know, after the 2012 election, because like I said, it was a long time after 2012 is when I started going toward anarchy because I realized like, mm-hmm. oh, like, and I've gone such a long way from Ron Paul now and I'm grateful to him. But um, it's funny. I just love to hear that because I feel like I doubted myself. It's like, I, I still have this little big brother voice in my head of like, but what if you're wrong? What if statism right. is the way, you know? And I think right. that's important. a good voice, though. That's a good voice. Right. That's right. the voice. Just, that's the voice that keeps you honest. Because the exactly. the that's the that is that little that little piece of self doubt that little piece of of you that says, but what if? But what if not that? Is is the is the part that's going to make you think harder and be righter exactly. going forward? Exactly. Like that's yeah. it's a very good voice to have. And thank you. And I just think it's so important for anyone of any political persuasion, like, obviously, I think a little bit more for status because their views are so reprehensible and harmful as opposed to anarchism. <laughs> but but I, I just think I see, again, to bring it back to Twitter not being my favorite place, like, it's there's so little self-reflection there. And this applies on a spiritual level, a political level, a, you know, all the levels of human existence and consciousness. I think it's so important to have a little humility. And that is such a big piece of why I'm an anarchist, because I don't right. think I know what's best for others. I have an idea. Like, well, I'm very clear on my morals. Right. I have an idea of what I think would work better. I think I have a lot of history on my side when it comes to that. But uh, I, this this piece of, of just being willing to question yourself, like this, mm-hmm. there's this question everything, question the government. Okay, but you have to question yourself too because you could be wrong. Right. I was wrong yeah. before, but I was very right. certain that I was right. I thought exactly. Obama was, he was it. He was the savior. And I was very, very wrong. But if you had right. asked me in, in 2008, 2009, I would have had zero doubts in my mind. I even, I yeah. had a friend who questioned me at the time and I don't, he told me later, he was like, I gave you all of the articles about what a fraud Obama was. I have no memory of that. I don't remember. It was right. like, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Westworld, like the, uh-huh. the show, but there's yeah. that, the line that the, the robots say when they, when something contradicts their reality, it's like, that doesn't look like anything to me. It's like they're programmed <laughs> to not be able to process it. Like, that's uh-huh. what it is. That's how I was. That's what it's like talking to a lot of students, right. you know, like there's, yeah. there's, there's no ability to question and reflect and that's important for statism obviously but it's also important for ourselves because i think it's so easy to get self-righteous and again watch my videos you'll see i can be very (laughs) self-righteous like i'm very confident (laughs) in my views but yeah but it but it is important and just to circle back the reason i was like the reason i even brought this up is just to say like thank you i'm so it's so nice (laughs) to hear every once in a while that like Uh my videos had any effect at all because i do it really because i feel like I have to, like, I can't right. not be quiet. As soon as I started seeing the way the world really worked, mm-hmm. according, you know, this is my perception of reality. I don't claim to be the arbiter of truth. But as soon as things became more clear to me, it was like, oh, my God, I can't be quiet. I don't have right. any other option but to speak. And I do do it for myself. But I, you know, one person changing one mind, that is enough. Yeah. And That's like, look at you. Yeah. You're such a powerful voice. And I'm not saying I'm responsible for it because Larkin Rose, I'm sure, played a much bigger role because he is a powerhouse <laughs> and he is so inspired <laughs> my thinking. But like, you are such a powerful voice and you're oh, so you. rational and so reasonable and you reach so many people, you know, whether they're commenting on your post or not, people see that and it's important. And that again, like, that's the piece of anarchism I love is it takes mm-hmm. so it takes everybody. And it doesn't yeah. have to be centrally planned and coordinated. In fact, that would ruin right. it. Like that's exactly it, it, it destroys human potential. But when it's unleashed and there's so much innovation and so much difference and so, so many different ways of approaching it, 
the solutions become a lot more possible. And I, I see that in the way you articulate all of these things. And I, I really well, admire thank you. you. I, I, that means a lot, Carrie. Thank you. <laughs> I, I did. I also did want to say too, um, like, I feel like, you know, because we have about like showing some humility and compassion because I, I, you brought up such a good point because it's like, look, sometimes people tell me that, look, you know, you know, there's really no point to like really advocate for things because people really don't change their minds or it's so hard to change their minds. Like, well, one, every anarchist was not, was very rarely ever born an anarchist in the sense that they had all the things in place. They came out, you know, believing the things they believe now. At one point they were a statist of some variety. So you have to, even yourself, right? So like all people, yeah, Mark and Rose, (laughs) like all these people at one point were statist and they changed their mind. So even Mm -hmm. if you think that other people, there are some people who just will never change their mind. I agree. There probably are people who will never change their mind, but we don't know which ones are which. So we should still try right the same. Uh, you and know the, you never that's one know of the you, I, I mean to, to, to that exact point actually what, what the, the point that carrie made about the about the idea of people see that like people people witness just as as an, as a, an example again not to keep jerking off ace but as an example people see <laughs> those very calm and reasoned responses and they there's there's a certain kind of person who sees that and says you know, there's there's one of these two one of these two individuals is making sense and the other one's freaking out. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm tempted to agree with the guy who's making sense. Like there's a certain kind of person who thinks that way and and, and Ace's point ex- I think is exactly right that not everyone started here. Um yeah. And, and you also and don't you bring know people exactly in. what is going to you also don't know what is going to click for someone, right? Mm-hmm. So different, just as Carrie, you were saying how the, you can't centrally plan this. No one knows exactly what type of argumentation style is going to make something click for someone else, right? right. So uh, some people's approaches may not work, but that doesn't mean that the person they were trying to like, uh, you know, uh, speak to is unreachable. It just means that maybe their language or their rhetoric style is just not clicking with the other person. Exactly. And maybe someone, some other anarchist who speaks differently, not better or worse, just differently that will meet their meet you know uh, meet their criteria or whatever um maybe that will that'll be the person that will finally make it click for them so you you have to have all these different approaches um to really yeah like, cast your net as wide as possible exactly like i know that i am not for everyone that that has been made very clear <laughs> to me over the years and still like i can only speak according to my voice i can only be authentic right. to how i want to express it but also to that end is you never know when it's going to click because i remember yes. being in college And I had a teacher who said something about FDR where like my liberal programming was like, doesn't look like anything to me. No, no, no. Like this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he's saying. And like five years later after college, or maybe not five years, but like several years later down the line, after I had gotten my history education and it was through a very status lens after that, I remember thinking back on what that guy said and I was like, oh my God, it's true. And yeah. like, it, it made right. so much more sense. So sometimes you plant a seed and it's it's yes. going to stay underground for a long time until that person sees something else that resonates with them. And all of a sudden that seed blossoms and grows and yes. it becomes way more impactful than you initially thought. So it's always exactly. worth it to, to speak. I, yeah, go. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that, that's so true. And, and just to like uh, piggyback off your point there, uh, it, it, you know, as you said, you know, you plant a seed and it, it doesn't grow for a while, but eventually it, there's a good chance it might grow into a very good tree. 
Um, yeah. So, so like when these people, a lot of times people will talk about like, well, the libertarian movement has failed. Uh, you know, people aren't changing their minds. Look at the COVID policies. It's worse than it's ever been. And I'm not trying to like diminish like the horrible tyranny of that. But I yeah. think some people in, in this analogy plant the seed and they don't see the tree grow within the time frame that they allotted. And then they yeah. just like walk away and they're like, and then mm-hmm. the tree grows, you know, years later after they yeah. walked away or something. So, you know, sometimes when you take these, when you zoom in too far, you can miss mm-hmm. the bigger picture. And like, look, um, you know, like slavery existed for thousands and thousands of chattel slavery existed for thousands and thousands of years before it was actually formally abolished in most mm-hmm. uh, most places in the world. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people during that time thought this is just the way the world works. This is just the way human relations work. Um, It is insane and preposterous to try to envision any type of society that did not rely on slavery. Um, And what do you know? And and look, for thousands of years, there was no evidence to the contrary, really. Right. Uh, So obviously the people for thousands of years thought that they were right and they had good reason at that time, given their limited understanding, to think they were right. So, but, but of course we know now that they were wrong. Um, They were catastrophically wrong, but yeah, you never know. Like, like if you look at the amount of libertarians there, it's not to say like a lot of people will look at libertarianism and they'll say, well, look at the number of libertarians compared to like uh, Republicans and Democrats. Right. Right. That's pretty a black billing. It's very unfortunate, you know, that we're such a small minority, but they're looking at it wrong. If you went back in time to like, I don't know, um, like, let's just take the formal, um, Libertarian Party in the 70s or earlier in the 60s of the Rothbard. Uh, Rothbard, I think, famously made a joke that there were four libertarians in the world or something <laughs> like that. And, right. um, uh, and now you have to look at the expansion and the growth, right? So you, what you're yeah. seeing is like, if you just take a snapshot of the tree growing, you might like, you might look, oh, that's just a sapling. That's not a tree. Yeah, uh, right. This is a failure. But they're just taking snapshots in time. They're not well, looking at the grand picture. You're the 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 seeing things on a very short time horizon tends to be a a very common problem for uh, people who are not uh, libertarians or people who are yeah. statists. Like the, the, the uh, yeah. time horizon that's tends true. to be pretty short. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, well, that's but a... that's to your point. The idea that if you just if you would just. Just broaden that timeline just a little bit, and it, yeah. the graph looks very different. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. There's a great speech by Larkin Rose, just to fangirl a little bit more. It was I was actually there. It was at Anarchapulco. It was an early one. I think it was 2016. I, it's an earlier, one of the early years, one of his speeches. I'm I sure think I watched it on YouTube You somewhere. probably have. It's, a, it's called So Small a Thing, I think. Yes, um, yes. I know exactly I, which one it yeah. is. Yeah. And and during that talk, he asked people, he was like, who here was an anarchist, say, 20 years ago? I'm not sure I have the exact year, right? But 20 years ago, like a few hands go up. What about 10 years ago? More, hand goes, more hands go up. Five years ago, like almost the whole room goes up. So again, it's like that longer timeline of like, yes, you can look at this little sampling right now and be depressed about it and say nothing's ever going to change. But like, we're taking a long view of, of history. Statism has been around a long time. Like you said, people used to think yeah. slavery was just like the way it was. People used to think that kings were appointed yes. by God to violently yes. rule over you, you yeah. know? And like, as much as I am opposed to democracy inherently, it's still a form of statism. Like, it was a little bit of an evolution to say, no, 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 yeah. it's not just this one person that God appointed, you know, right. well, we have a voice, we the people. And obviously I could sit right. and bitch about that all day and argue yeah. against it and debunk it. But like that, it takes time for these mentalities to change. And I think that yes. we're, 
we're in a good spot to be really pushing this forward. So it's, it's, for me, it's like, well, why would you be quieter that get louder, speak more, like reach more people, do what you can get a little momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. That's always my thing too. It's like, if you, like, if you feel like, if you feel like, well, the movement isn't do the movement's not where you want it to be. Uh, why would you, why would you, if you believe it's truly wrong to aggress against other people, why would you then just throw in the towel and then join some <laughs> other ideology that right. believes it is okay to aggress against people in at least certain situations? Uh, that, that uh, is because you're not uh, content with where the movement is right now. It's, yeah. it's a little weird to me. That is an interesting thing, actually. Talking about the uh, Carrie just made a great point and it made me think. Um, the, the the time horizon, the idea, okay, so so uh, the state has been around for a very long time, but let's broaden even that time horizon. So mm-hmm. if you if you broaden even that time horizon, the state is is a very, very new thing in human history, right? It's 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 mm-hmm. it's very, very recent as a development. It's a it's a very it's a recent development that has been every time it gets revamped and every time there is a revolution in philosoph in uh, in in uh, political philosophy, it it strips more power from the state. Like the, like the, it is a recent invention that has been destroying itself slowly ever since. (laughs) And that's kind of a massive white pill because the height, like the height of state power would have been, uh, uh, I would say, I think the height of state power was in the past. I don't think with, with like after the enlightenment and after sort of liberal, um, truly liberal, philosophy was developed i don't think you'll have the height of state authority that you would have had before because they've already had to make concessions as you said right it it carries you were saying uh, they went from this belief that god you know this almighty authority has instantiated authority upon us to do his bidding on earth and his bidding on earth is to rob you for a percentage of all all that you make uh that that is (laughs) that that was that was their point at one point that was the uh the frame of reference uh statism had and now they've had to at least pay lip service to like you know uh the consent of the government liberal yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah so even though they're not and we obviously know you know it's full of shit it's still at least a a concession which is something it's not a lot it's not great but it is something it's a very Uh, new thing that's slowly been breaking down ever since it was invented (laughs) yeah and i i want to say like the exception to that would be communism in the 20th century but then you look at somewhere like the soviet union and it's like the more centralized the power got, the more it necessitated disobedience and it spurred these black markets and this need right. for agorism, agorism. I always, I never know which one's correct, but somebody correct me, but I um, <laughs> I, cool. All right. Freedom. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, like the worse it gets, the more power they get, the more people really have no yeah. choice but to disobey and to embrace freedom because their survival depends on it. So like, yeah, communism is pretty bad, but it also in a way, because it's so glaring, when it's actually like when it's enforced there, you really don't have a choice. All you're left with is having to do something against the state. And I think that, I mean, fuck communism, but that's a beautiful thing. The way that people had to disobey and like cooperate in order to get by in spite of the state. Well, it's proof proof positive of the idea that existence is human existence uh, uh, will maintain itself even in the face of of authority that is overwhelming like a human human existence yeah. is inherently anti-authoritarian in a way mm-hmm. because the more authority that these that an organization or a person gets the more the the human the individual human fights it 
in, in their own small right. way, whatever that may be, even, even if it's just to survive. But human existence and, hates authority. And, you know, speaking of the uh, Soviet Union, and obviously, you know, it was horrible living under that. And I would never I could never imagine living under that. And I don't mean to, like, diminish it all. But it, it, it did. The Soviet Union fell without a shot being fired. Right. It was right. Just at, the, at a certain point they were like, we can't control this anymore. Yeah. And they just let it fall. They just yep. said, well, you know, uh, nothing we can do now. And they, uh, the powers that be essentially just said, oh, well, we're done. Uh, and that, th- that is something that I think not enough people really um, appreciate. It's like, yeah, sometimes these systems at a certain point just fall. And, you know, it, it may like there's certain times where you'll think, oh, these systems, you know, these systems of authority, they'll last forever. Next yeah. week, they're gone. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, obviously, you know, I, I, you should I, I don't think I think it would be wrong of anarchists to uh, like bank on the state, you know, collapsing in their lifetime or everyone embracing liberty in their lifetime. Uh, it would be that'd be nice. And I, you know, anything to progress, that would be great. But you should still always remember that, yeah, sometimes these things happen and you don't realize they've been in the process of failing for like yeah. years and years. But you, you're just now aware that it's happening like on the day it happens. Um, so right. these, types of, these types of breakthroughs really do happen. Yeah. And it's the state will go to great lengths to try to conceal that from the people. They yes. will try to hide it as much as they can. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary Hypernormalization. Um, oh, yes, I, that I, is. Wait, didn't you, Dean, didn't you recommend this to me? I did, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. It, it is It, it is has... one of my favorite documentaries. Actually, yeah. it was recommended to me by Lady Jane. Um, uh, and I think it's still, I think her pinned tweet is still, stop trying to hypernormalize me, please. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's and it's like it's sort of happening right now. Like we are watching the U.S. empire crumble and we're watching the propaganda machine try to paint it as if it's thriving. And like people, you know, the economy is doing great. Everything's wonderful. And the average person is looking around and going like, wait, what? That is not my experience. There is a great discrepancy (laughs) between the reality I am witnessing and what the government is saying. And it's terrible. And we're looking at such a dystopia. We are in the dystopia, yes, but at the same time, it's it's heartening because it's there. It's just like a cornered animal that is thrashing and knows the game right. is up, and they're just exactly. like they're trying to puff themselves up and 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 you know it's they're not going to win, but of course they're going to try. And right. again, this might take quite a long time. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but I, events have been set in motion that cannot be undone. Yeah, and it's, right. it's, it's it serves as a great point for people to quote wake up i hate that term like i actually uh-huh. i take it back i, I undo that i delete i never said that I erase it. Like, no it's staying in staying in it's the worst um but it really is it, it's a great opportunity it's one of the best opportunities we've ever had to change people's minds and just insert yeah. a different perspective and framework to view the state because i think there are a lot of people like no a lot of people are not actively consciously anarchist when they're born. I certainly wasn't. I loved mm-hmm. following the rules in public school. It's really embarrassing. Like how, <laughs> how, how much self-worth I got from like being the teacher's favorite and following the rules and doing what they said. However, oh, were you a, were you a pleasure to have in class? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I sat at the desk with my hands crossed, sitting up straight, you know? And I made that cause... joke because so was my girlfriend. <laughs> she was the exact same. <laughs> she was a pleasure oh to have in class. That's hilarious. And, it's, you know, like, there, I can speak just to that about the anxiety and just how much public school 
destroys children's sense worth sense of worth and, and individuality. And that's a whole other tangent we could go off on. But I do think there are a lot of people who just kind of know there's something wrong. Like just mm-hmm. intuitively, they know like yeah. this system, there's something wrong with the system. It's not legitimate. But because they're constantly exposed to statism and the rituals and the propaganda, it doesn't mm-hmm. occur to them maybe on a conscious level that there is another way, that there is an alternative, that there that not everything has to be statism and top-down authority and coercion, and yeah. this is the only way it could ever work. And there are a lot more people out there who they, they have the little seeds already and they, they just right. haven't been watered to continue this yes. planting seeds analogy. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to reach those people, the worst things get. Absolutely. And, you know, um, going back to Larkin Rose for a second, actually, um, his I, I think what Larkin and, and you, Carrie, what you you're both so, so good at. And this is this is was always what attracted me to, like, the argumentation style sort of was um, this idea that, look, uh, I'm a person and these the people in Washington are people and, and the person mm-hmm. I, I would be talking to. You're just a person, too. And, you know, the, going just breaking down this very like, OK, well, if I have a right to do X or Y, and then you would do that, too. Then you would have that right, too. But if I you and I can't do something, then, how you know, these these guys can't do it either because they're just right. humans like us. So it is very much like this um, intuitive feeling that, that you, you, you latch on to something that there's something wrong here with the system. And then you kind of like just slowly, you know, uh, use reason to like um, bring to the forefront the things that, you know, I guess anarchists like uh, we all would recognize to like people who out there who just don't recognize it yet. You know, I feel like um, I I think um, Larkin's talk about what it was so small thing, I I believe so so small thing. And, and, uh, you know, it's a play on words from uh, Tolkien, but it's also Mm -hmm. um, uh, he's talking about like the belief in authority. Right. Um, I think um, one of his uh, um, one of his lines in the speech is like, if there was a cop about to bust down a door, if he just thought for a split second for drugs, if he was about to break down someone's door door for like drugs or something. And uh, Larkin goes like, if the cop just thought for just a moment right before he's about to bust down that door, hey, that that guy's just like me. You know, right. I, he's not hurting anyone or doing anything. Uh, and I, you know, I go home and I drink, you know, beers and get drunk. Uh, you know, if uh, I want to feel good, uh, like I, what, how, how do I have a right to do that to him if someone doesn't have the right to do that to me? You know, right. it, it really is just latching onto this intuitive sense of like justice or injustice in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always like what has attracted me. And I feel like that's that is how I, again, I don't as, as you were saying earlier, I don't have all the answers strategically, but I feel like that should always be an important part of like outreach to other people, like uh, pointing out that, look, hey. Uh, you're just a person. I'm just a person. Now, how best can we, you know, interact? Right, exactly. And that's so contrary to the narratives of statism where like capital F founding fathers, like that's so creepy (laughs) to me. They were just human beings. They were human beings who like they lost their parents and their children and they had trauma and they had a lot of psychological problems and inconsistencies and hypocrisies. And that's fine. They were just human beings. But like Lysander Spooner, who's probably my favorite anarchist, like he articulated it so well. Like this is just a group of people who got together and like put words on a piece of paper and didn't ask anybody else if they consented. Right. Like, oh, yeah, no, committed idea. treason in doing so. Right. That's, that's one of the things that that's one of the things that's uh, so sort of uh, brain destroying about about that. When you first get into uh, Spooner and, and sort of contemporaries of Spooner's 
talking about the Constitution is that it's like this is a this was a treasonous act. Mm-hmm. This wasn't. I had a professor. I had uh, in law school. I had a professor who told me um, that he uh, he he didn't say that he didn't like it, but you could tell from the tone of voice he didn't like the fact that Justice Thomas had such high regard for the Declaration of Independence. Um, he he thought that that wasn't a founding document. That that was a document designed to destroy a government, and that the 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 Constitution was was a document designed to create a government. And so the Constitution should have the highest order in one's <laughs> mind when you're talking about these old writings and things like that, and trying to trying to judge things based on the law. But the the problem with his thinking is that the Constitution destroyed a government too. Right. right. The, yeah. the the Constitution was not simply a creative document the constitution the constitution tore an existing uh legal and governmental structure asunder in order to ascend and it had to do so through a a whole shitload of anonymous writing from the people who supported it (laughs) (laughs) um it was and and I've, i've always been kind of fascinated by the fact that people really don't understand that aspect of this that that these people were not they they were they are only considered the heroes history considers them to be because they won ultimately if the anti-federalists had won all the people at the constitution convention who signed that thing would have been considered to be uh traitors right and it would be a totally different story yeah and we wouldn't have nancy pelosi talking about the sacred temple of democracy yeah exactly <laughs> like, and like it's just like again like just bringing it back full circle really is like it is a religion it's an actual religion and it is the most destructive religion and when people say like no like the catholic church yeah the catholic church functioned as a government for centuries if not longer yeah when they had armies yeah they were dangerous there's a reason (laughs) it's the crown and the holy see like they they were they were part of the same structure yeah there's no, yeah. there's no. It's really hard to separate the two <laughs> when the when the church <laughs> when the when the church and the government are are deciding to go on a crusade together. Like that wasn't an independent decision between the two of them. Yeah, the, the church was just the government at the time. <laughs> <There's> no. <laughs> oh man, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, no. Uh, Larkin Rose, uh, the uh, you know the state is the most dangerous superstition. That book is phenomenal. Uh, if I could recommend yeah. that to like anyone, uh, I, I would. Like anyone listening, if you've never read it, go read that book. It is fantastic. Yeah, and it's great. I love the intro. He's basically look. He's like everything I'm about to say is going to be like it, it's a lot of discrepancy for what you've been taught. Get ready, uh-huh. buckle up. Yeah. You're like <laughs> right. you're not ready for this. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I'm warning you. It's about to get yeah. really real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just pulled it down on Audible. <laughs> oh, have you nice. I, I hadn't read it. No. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Catch up. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's um, fantastic. Someone, I'm gonna have to tell Larkin that we've just been like fangirling about him this entire podcast. <laughs> um, but someone did a mashup of like his interviews and speeches. It's it's it was huge on YouTube for a while, and now there's like I've two seen different this restrictions. Video. I know the video on you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> And and it came to mind, I can't remember exactly what you were talking about, but something he says in that video or one of the clips is talking about how police literally, it's like they'll beat someone's head into the ground, but because of this myth of authority, they they literally think they didn't do it. It's like, well, it wasn't right. me. It was the law. I didn't have a choice. Law. This isn't yeah. on me. I'm not responsible for this. This is because right. the government said. 
and that, the authority is, is that, so profound. That's not just when they beat someone's head in. This is one of the things that yep. you know. You were talking earlier about how when you when things when reality becomes clear, it's very hard to shut up. This was one of the things that I did not want to go into criminal defense. I do now. Um, I didn't want mm-hmm. to even even as I was finishing up with law school, as I was in like my the last semester of my two L year, over, over halfway done. I did not want to go into criminal defense. Uh, it wasn't until my girlfriend started doing criminal defense work and mm-hmm. um, I heard obliquely and without details because she's not allowed to share certain things, but of some of the things that, that the state does, that police do and prosecutors do as a matter of course, with exactly your same justification that you were talking about, which is like, well, it's not, we have to, we must, right. we simply must. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, uh, that was ultimately just the level of anger. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's now I can't not, now I can't, now I have to, now I have to fight these people. <laughs> I don't have a choice. It's a yeah. curse. It's like <laughs> you see something for what it is and it's like, okay, I can't, I can't go be a contract attorney because now I got to take care of this injustice. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so interesting that like so much of statism is based on the absence of consent of coercion. And then you yes. look at these people enforcing it and they have no concept of consent or voluntary choice either. Well, I don't have a choice. Like what? Yeah, you do. You could just not do it. Like jury nullification is the thing that actually was like kind of built in to the system you think you're defending and upholding and that is so virtuous. Like actually you could absolutely not do that. Yeah. But the fact that they don't even perceive that they genuinely don't believe they have a choice is quite sad, honestly, but it, it's very fitting with the broader mentality of statism. Yeah. There's a, there's a number of people though in the, especially, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a degree to which you can't even mention the concept of jury nullification in any official yeah. proceeding. Uh, right. you, you, you're, you're really, really not allowed to, and it's because it's such a threat. It's such mm-hmm. a threat to the, the legal order, if you will, Yeah. that if, if I ever get, do what? Sorry. If I ever get called up for jury, uh, for jury duty, I'm going to legally change my name to jury nullifier. Good. <laughs> you should, you should, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry, yeah. I you absolutely. Sh- I'm that. I, I. I think I had somebody ask me one time if they would get in trouble for wearing a T-shirt that said "Google jury nullification to jury duty," and I told them <laughs> I have no idea. It depends on the rules of the courthouse you're in, but maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. Um, they have to look it up. But uh, if you can get away with that, absolutely do it. <laughs> absolutely do it because it's it's something that needs to be talked about more. And I'm actually very glad you brought it up, Carrie, because it, it's something that. Nobody really knows about um, outside of our little circle of people. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's by design. And I don't, I'm not the biggest person. I'm like, oh, they planned it this way. I think a lot of this is just, you know, what, how the pieces fall when you're a statist and when you believe in top down authority. But it's just the hypocrisy of it because this, the justice system is supposed to be such a cornerstone of democracy and that's <laughs> equated with freedom. But it's like, but then you don't even trust the people who this government allegedly belongs to, to make like, to make informed decisions about the validity of the laws. Like you don't, you're not going to give them that opportunity to have an opinion about it. Like it's that just exposes the true nature of the system. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the justification they use, there was a, there was a little set apart section in my criminal law casebook where a, a judge wrote a piece about how much he hated jury nullification, how terrible it was. And his, the core of his justification was it was it was a it was a Democrat justification and a Democrat in the sense of democracy, where he was saying that it is not up to twelve people from the community to overrule the will of the community in the law. 
Right. <laughs> so oh, no. yeah, yeah, dead ass. That was his justification. It's fucking insane. But yeah, that was the um that's that is the core of it. That is the core of of the I think it's a rationalization. I don't think they even actually believe that because it, you know, it, it that doesn't was, make that sense. That was his argument. It does his argument. Then he should be in favor of expanding the jury to community wide. Yeah, right. Like, however, how many people are in this community? That's the number of jurors. Well, that's the well. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing is his 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 response would be, well, we already have, and that's because that's who votes. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so because we've already done that, and they vote, and then the the lawmakers make the laws, and the lawmakers represent the voters, and then the law. So the law represents the will of the right. voter of the community, <laughs> and then a jury is going to come in here and overturn the will of the community. Not on my watch. And it's like eat shit, bud. I. <laughs> Gary, you mentioned it before about like how these people have like no conception of like consent, and it, it brought to mind like uh, like sometimes when you're talking to a statist and they'll say, "Well, no, you consent to this system." It's like, no, right. I, I just told you I don't. Yeah. Like, why are you telling me that I'm consenting? I just said I don't, and you're trying to tell me that I am. In what other context yeah. is that okay? <laughs> yeah, like if you're telling me if I consent or not, there is something wrong here in, right. this, in this scenario. It's like, well, you consented by being born here. When I like involuntarily came into the world, like as a right. child, not even a child, you're, an infant, my brain yeah. wasn't even developed. That's that's your baseline for consent. I don't like yeah. no. I don't yeah, you're born. To if definition. you're born in a prison, it's like, well, you have to do what the uh, the you know the correctional correctional officers say. Uh, so I guess. Yeah, yeah, and like it's coming back to that conversation about like there are for sure evil people in government who seek out the power yeah. for the sake of the power. There are also people who really believe it. And I wanted to bring in something like a new part of this conversation because I've been reading the writings of Edward Bernays recently. Oh yeah, uh, you guys, yeah, like. For anyone who doesn't know, he's like what probably the most ingenious propagandist, at least of the twentieth yeah. century. He, he yeah, like he invented prop- yeah, he, he invented the the uh he basically invented the field of marketing. Um as yeah. it exists today. And, yeah, like he revolutionized it. He actually was he had read the writings of I can't remember the guy's name, but it's a book called The Crowd. He was like a French philosopher, sociologist, and that really inspired Bernays. But what I find so fascinating about Bernays is this is someone who did reprehensible things. He mm-hmm. he was a propagandist for Woodrow Wilson during World War One. He made war propaganda. He helped sanitize one of the CIA's coups. I believe it was the one in Guatemala. Just really fucked yeah. up, horrible, oh, yeah. tyrannical shit. And you read his writings. And first of all, they're very fascinating objectively in terms of disseminating and popularizing ideas. I actually recommend mm-hmm. Anarchist read it. I'm reading yes. something called, yes. Yeah, it's it's the Edward Bernays reader. It's a great sampling of like his strategies because if you take away the filth of what he did with them, a lot of it is really effective and just good sensibility for promoting ideas. But right. the weird thing is he 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 postured as pro democracy and like pro self government and pro free speech and like unless he was completely lying in the writings i think he actually believed it and we're talking about a mastermind who manipulated millions of people and i'm just right. reading like the statism and the contradictions in his writing i'm like dude yeah. like i think you're a terrible person but you're brilliant and you are still like there's so much cognitive dissonance in your writing, you know, and like the founding fathers, them too, you know, like they they thought they had these values and I think they like they really did. But again, they're only human and that just further speaks to the virtues of anarchy over the virtues of statism. We are all just right. human. We're all just mortal. Exactly. Nobody has more power or wisdom to rule over anyone else. Right. 
That uh, yeah, the book it, you were it, speaking about earlier is The Psychology of Crowds by Gustave Le Bon. Yes. Yes, thank you. I read that a while ago. I've totally yeah, no problem. The name. You know, you know, you know where I first heard about Bernays, where where I actually first studied Bernays? Journalism school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Journalism school. They taught Bernays in journalism school. Interesting. Yeah. So that, you know, take from that what you will. I'm sorry, AC, we're going to say yeah. something. <laughs> oh, no. I, I was just going to say, yeah, it's it's always so interesting because, uh, Kerry, as you're just saying, it's like, you know, the great anarchist instinct is like, yeah, I, I'm just a person. You're all just people. So like, uh, as you were saying, Carrie, like uh, no one, uh, how, why do you, why does anyone else have a higher right to rule than anyone else? Right. It just, it's a very intuitive, like understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of people, you know, I, I think it's that sensibility where it's like, there's some people, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but there's certain people who like claim to be anarchists for a long time. And then they go on this become like status because they feel like they're not making any, there's no progress being made mm-hmm. or, you know, they might think it's, well, it's unworkable. But for me, you know, anarchism has always been more of a, not a methodology, almost like an orientation where it's like, mm-hmm. look, whether the state collapses or not, whether the state goes away or not, goes away or not that's not going to change my belief that it's wrong to rule other people. So like, even if, right, even if it was true that uh, there would always be societies with slaves, the anarchist is the one saying this is always wrong. They're always the thorn in the side of the authority. Uh, You know, even if the the authority cannot be, you know, defeated, uh, which, you know, I don't subscribe to. I I think uh, in the long run of history, I think liberty will win. But ultimately, even if even if someone did think that, you know, well, there's always going to be some authority structure of some kind. It's like, okay, that that would not change my moral beliefs about how to treat other people. (laughs) Right. It just seems like such it's such a weak capitulation. Like, You're going to abandon – and the, the sad thing is they believe that that's pragmatic. It's the, the argument right. is always like, well, I'm being practical. You're being practical by submitting to the system that created all the problems that are making you so disheartened? <laughs> yeah. Like, where is the rationality there? This is – it's it's emotion-based, which I, that's, like, very insulting to them. But sorry. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you're, just, you're just being weak-minded and abandoning your values because you feel powerless. Like, I'm sorry. Right. Even when I do feel powerless, I'm not going to then compromise – what I believe in so I can have feel like I have a little power and a little agency. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you feel powerless, therefore you're like, Hmm, maybe the cop should bash some people. (laughs) 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 Then I can feel like I did something. I'm helping. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's the something needs to be done mentality of anarchism yeah. that some people yeah. have, you know, yeah. that feeling, well, we, the government just needs to do something. Shit. Something I don't have the won't done. somebody please think of the children drop from the Simpsons. God damn it. Oh. <laughs> I had it on one soundboard and I can't, I don't, I don't have it on this one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> My favorite is when the people who are like, won't someone think about the children while they favor foreign wars and intervention. Uh, right? Those are my favorite oh, yeah. types of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, just this whole like, you know, well, yeah, as you're saying, I, I'm going to be pragmatic. Well, what does that look like? I'm going to be a Republican. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Good luck. It's worked out so well. Daring We're just today, take over the whole party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like that's the thing is like Ron Paul was a Republican. Yeah. And I love Ron Paul, but the reason yeah. I love Ron Paul is not what he accomplished in Congress. It's the ideas right. he spread. Yeah. So like fine. You want to join the Republican Party and find a way to spread those ideas? 
cool. That's yeah. awesome. But you think that you're going to change the actual mechanics of the party at any right. significant level? Like, good luck. God bless you. I like, I wish you like, I, I feel bad for yeah. you. I'm sorry. I hope you get something out of it. But like, <laughs> To say that to do otherwise, that to stick to your principles is is what's irrational when you right. are going into a system that for like literally since its founding has been corrupt, has been problematic, has perpetuated injustice, blah, 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 blah authoritarianism grew into the biggest government. I don't want to say biggest ever, obviously, but like it's quite bloated mm-hmm. for a government that was intended to be small. Like that's a pretty terrible track record. And you think that you're going to use that system to shrink the government? Like, okay, yeah, right. I'm the irrational one for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, some of them will try to use that. Well, Ron Paul was a Republican. So, you know, we're just kind of following his footsteps. The reason people love Ron Paul is because while he was a Republican, he wasn't. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. The why Ron Paul is notable is because while he had the Republican title, his beliefs in no way aligned with most, like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Republicans. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if you want to go and spread ideas to that party, that's perfectly fine. Great, you know, do it absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but don't, uh, but don't think that you know the you're following in Ron Paul's footsteps when you just <laughs> become a Republican and then just try to implement Republican policies because that's not what Ron Paul did. Right. There was that. Oh. There was that guy recently who I believe uh, you might have been arguing with the mace, but I can't remember. Um, the who was probably who was trying to t- <laughs> who was trying to delegitimize Ron Paul by saying that Ron Paul wasn't a libertarian. He was obviously a Repo- He was a Republican. Don't, didn't you know he was a Republican? He was. He was. He was a Republican. Everybody's a Republican. Oh. It's like, yeah, <laughs> no, we're not saying big L libertarian. You idiot. <laughs> Right. It's not. It's not yeah. party. Party membership is not the d- the defining trait at qu- at issue here. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so. Uh, oh yeah. I, I. We didn't talk about this yet. Actually. Uh, uh, Carrie. So you got your start. Or at least the first video I saw from you. Um, I think it was this back in 2012 of you burning the Obama shirt. <laughs> yeah, that-, that was 20. 20- that was 2014. So I had stopped. Okay. Yeah, I had stopped supporting him uh, in I think 2011. 2011 was the year when I first started to question everything because basically, I was just legal to vote in 2008. I voted for Barack Obama very proudly, and then I like mm-hmm. went back to sleep. You know, just oh, he's mm-hmm. gonna take care of it. He's such a good guy. <laughs> he said he was gonna end the war. Cool. I don't have to worry about it. I voted. I did my civic duty. I'm a good citizen. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And, um, and then I, I actually was interning at a film studio of all places. It was not a terrible film studio. They were actually working on the hunger games at the time, which was very fitting for my revolution. But, um, I just had extra time on my hands. I started reading the news and I was like, oh my God, fuck this, fuck this guy. Are you serious? Like, this is not what I signed up for. Oh my God. Shocker. Like a politician didn't do what they said they were going to do. And in a way I'm grateful to Obama in that way, because, Although at the time it was just a person for me, it was an icon, it was some, you know, hero figure Mm -hmm. I thought I worshipped. That's what really cracked me open to questioning the broader system. Um, So a few years later, when I had started making videos, I I still had my Obama shirt like that. I didn't that was a real shirt that I had purchased when I loved Barack Obama. (laughs) It's so embarrassing. It said Obama is my homeboy. Like it was just it was like, (laughs) oh, my God. I know. I know. It was a trendy. It was like that was the trendy shirt style at the time. Like it wasn't just Obama. You could get other kinds of shirts that said is like Jesus is my homeboy. Like, oh, it was was so embarrassing. But um, I just. 
I don't even know what came over me. I was just like, oh, that'd be fun. I'm going to blowtorch my shirt. And that for me, that was the video that first went viral. And ironically, I don't know if that's the right use of the word ironic, but the reason it went viral was that a bunch of Republicans saw it and then projected their statism onto me. The last minute of that video is anarchy. And I was like, I was still kind of getting my bearings in the philosophy. And like, it's not the most articulate video I've ever made. I was, it's, it's not even really well edited. I, that was the first video I really, well, one of the first I ever tried to actually video edit. Like it's very choppy. It's very amateur. Um, but all these Republicans were like, oh yeah, she hates Obama. <laughs> She's seen the light. She loves Republicans. Yeah. And like, it's just like the, the small mindedness and limitations of the statism were on such full display there. Like it went viral because a lot of big Republican names shared it. And I lost a lot of followers after that because it was like, what? She doesn't agree with me. How's that possible? She hates Obama. There's no other reason you could oppose Barack Obama than you're a really smart Republican. And it, it oh. was, it was like a funny year after that of like shedding those people because i also the same year made a another video about israel and that that really mm-hmm. upset the 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 republicans who thought yeah. i was a republican so it's, yeah it's 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 been fun just like uh shaking up people's cognitive dissonance and it's not yeah. even like i'm not even trying to trigger people it's just like i'm sorry i'm gonna say it how i see it and this is how i see right. it and your philosophy is stupid i'm not saying you're <laughs> stupid but your your worldview is and like i cannot just sit here and tolerate that sorry like i have to right. say something and yeah. i think so much of that comes from the fact that i used to subscribe to a different ideology well all same ideology with statism but like I was so subscribed to it for so long that I feel it just comes from a place of like, I need, I need to debunk it. I need to debunk my own views. I'm going to debunk yours too. Fuck it. Like, I'm I'm not going to like play nice with you when you're causing harm. And like, I'm not, maybe they're not directly causing harm. They're not the ones carrying the guns for the state. Some of them are, but like most of them aren't. However, their consent, their quote consent, the belief that they consent because they believe in democracy or whatever, like, that allows the system to mm-hmm. continue. And to bring it back to Larkin Rose, again, that speech, like in so small a thing, the so small a thing he's talking about is the belief in authority. Yeah. So as long as people believe it's legitimate, they'll continue to get trampled. The system will continue. Yeah. If all, like, And what Larkin says is like, if all the people carrying guns for the government just like put them down, there would be no one to enforce the tyrant's rules. And the same yeah. goes for the people who obey the rules, just the average statist who's like, well, it's against the law. I'm not going to do it. I'm a good law abiding gun owner, you know, like, <laughs> that, like they perpetuate it. And like, again, yeah. they know not what they do, but that doesn't mm-hmm. change the fact that there are tangible consequences to this ideology. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, it might've been Larkin Rose. I don't remember who said it. It was, it, it was probably him, but I remember someone said like libertarianism is really just the eradication of euphemism. Like, uh, mm. like when you're talking about like libertarianism, uh, when you're, or when you're talking about the state, um, it's just like, no, what you have is a group of people who go around extorting other people and, you know, taxation is theft, wars, mass murder. So ultimately the old, you can arrive at libertarian conclusions just by disregarding euphemisms. Yeah, uh, just yeah. using not accurate terminology. People, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> allowing these people to color the, uh, the rhetoric, uh, yeah. of the day. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to is like this whole like, oh, taxation is the price you pay for a civilized society. I saw but oh my God, I saw a bumper <laughs> sticker the other day. And it I said, want a refund for the civilized society. <laughs> <laughs> was, this was so horrific. It said, hate socialism by your own road. Like, I just, 
Oh. Like there's no other way to build a road, okay. you know, like it's, there's this idea of euphemism is, I ought to be honest, I lost my train of thought, but um, it, it really does come down to euphemism and, and sugarcoating the reality of what these things are and convincing people that you need a special class of people to do these things that everybody else can do on their own. And right. I'm stealing this from a meme, but this like, there, it's like a flow chart and it's like, is it important? If the answer is yes, then people will pay for it voluntarily. Right. You do not need a violent central authority to make it happen and make it a worse service anyway because every government provided service i've ever seen is crap they have no incentive to do better um for example like everybody's talking about what happened in ohio with the train derailment but this this happens all the time just right where i'm from there's a massive company called semper energy and they own a company called socal gas which happened to receive basically a state sanctioned monopoly from the state of california and Years later, what happens? There's a massive methane blowout that poisoned thousands of people and families. Like you mm-hmm. could see the, the the explosion on infrared maps. It was huge. It was like the biggest gas leak in American history. Why? Because there was absolutely no incentive for them to do better for their customers yeah. because it was guaranteed. Like Jerry Brown was governor then and his sister was on the board of Sempra. You think he's going to help <laughs> hold these people accountable? You think that they care? <laughs> like... They, right. um, so people love to talk about like the evil corporations, but if they actually had to be accountable to the people buying their services, if people had another option, another provider right. to, to take their business elsewhere, I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened, but they yeah. would have at least had to have tried harder or maybe tried to avoid what happened. And they didn't. And yeah. instead it poisoned people for like months on end, like my own family someone in my family had daily cluster headaches. And the funny thing is the only thing that helped the cluster headaches was CBD, which at the time was completely (laughs) illegal. Nope. You can't have that thing that that can relieve your pain from a state sanctioned poison. Right. Oh yeah. You know, it's always so incredible because it's like, you know, when when people are critiquing corporations, it's not that they're wrong in their like hypothetical scenario that these corporations wield a lot of power and they could Mm -hmm situations be very dangerous uh those people you know i i would agree with that um mm-hmm. the way they go wrong is not realizing that the state is the most dangerous corporation you could yes. ever uh, you could ever construct if you were trying to construct the most dangerous corporation uh, <laughs> yeah. it would be the state right it would look right. like the state uh, that's what it would do. Well, it's because their complaint, their complaints about corporations are just part and parcel to centralization. And so when you have right. when you have centralization of I don't know, for example, uh, legal violence, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be violent and bloody, yeah. and it's going to be uh, uh, immoral in a lot of different ways. Um, but that's the that's the core of the argument with about that that people have about corporations. Is like what you're what you're describing is just centralization. And it's the core yeah. of why we hate the government, too. <laughs> like, it's the same right. thing. <laughs> and and just to bring it back to railroads. So, like, first of all, railroads as, you know, the, the paradigm, the whatever, the monopolies of railroads, that started with government. They were giving out subsidies mm-hmm. to railroads. And something yeah. I learned in college, because I actually, I this is, this is funny, I wanted to be a constitutional lawyer. Like, I loved the Constitution. And I was taking constitutional history. And I can't remember the case. So if I'm wrong on this, like someone fact checked me, tell me I'm wrong because I want to stop saying it. But I remember, and I was like deep in my statism, but I remember like one of my alarm bells went off because we learned about a court case where like an ember had come off of a railroad and it had set someone's house on fire and destroyed their home. And the courts ruled that the railroad wasn't liable. They were not responsible for destroying someone's property. 
And I remember being like, that seems fucked up. Like, why, why would they not be held accountable? And at the time I was like, oh man, evil corporations. But it's like, in retrospect, it's like, well, of course they weren't accountable. They were in bed with the government. Like they had no reason to care about, about being responsible because they were never, they, no one was ever going to hold them to account. And it's funny that, well, it's not funny. It's terrible, but like, you're looking at railroads now. And of course it's the same kind of partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, whenever I'm trying to talk to like a person who's like on the left and they really care about like corporate power, I'm always trying to show that, yes, I, I agree with you, but like the, all the worst things that you're afraid of that could happen in the absence of the state are happening now because right? of the state. <laughs> right. Like, like I, I just want, all I want is an acknowledgement that you see that this is happening right now. Like, that's all I want out of this conversation mm-hmm. between a, me and another leftist is just, okay, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Now look at what's going on right now. (laughs) Right. Like how did these companies get to be so powerful? Like the defense (laughs) industry, like would we have, we wouldn't have the same kind of war if not for the government that bloats these industries and gives them a reason to keep creating death machines like the F-35. Oh my God. It's like one of the worst war planes ever created. And it's a consequence (laughs) of this type of partnership we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Or like the food industry. Oh my God. Like the crops that they've subsidized and mm-hmm. the way, like I was reading, I went down a rabbit hole cause I was working on a video that I've not yet made, but I was, I was just curious about the food industry. And I believe that, um, the origin, like Monsanto, people love to hate Monsanto. <laughs> they started off as like a chemical contractor for the government. I think it was for world war two. That could be wrong. I'd have to check my notes. So I'm not uh, look it up yourself, but I'm almost, I'm pretty sure I remember that. Like, a company that became so bloated because the government decided they were going to forcibly take people's tax dollars and give them to that company and help Mm -hmm. prop them up and help them gain more power. And so much of that, like the food industry is so corrupted and so filthy and it goes hand in hand with the government. Yeah. And when, when a farmer has too much produce or something, they they will make them throw it out. Like they won't allow them to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, absolutely insane like i i did want to um touch on something you said earlier um carrie you were talking about like how like after you made the the video with you burning the obama shirt uh, you had like a lot of republicans kind of like jump in and say oh yeah one of us one of us (laughs) i uh whenever i'm on twitter and i i critique like uh someone on the left or something or leftist uh thinking in general um sometimes i uh i will always get certain followers who are like who were like very observably right wing and i have to fight the urge to not post something about the police right after i see they, <laughs> they follow me like it's a very right? like, almost sick urge i have to fight sometimes like mm, maybe i should just you know turn the dial up a little right? <laughs> it's like oh they hate the government just like me no yeah. man like we're not the same like yeah. i'm actually anti-government yeah you were like little baby <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, who enforces the laws, though? I know you hate politicians, yeah. and that is great. I'm so glad you you don't like politicians and you don't trust them. But, like, if you love the people doing their bidding, like, go away. Shut up. I can't. And that's, like, right. I love making videos about that. I actually i have been sitting on one I just haven't posted yet, but it's exactly about that. And they get so mad. It's, like, just, like, like you're literally bootlicking the government when you defend yeah. them. And I'm not saying that every cop deserves to die. There are some cops who join and want to do well, and, and those are the ones who... Who then get kicked out and fired when they try to hold the system accountable when they actually are like hey this is like a bad cop i'm trying to hold them accountable they did something terrible fired 
like put on a list of like you know just they get they get bullied because it's a gang yes the gang said, yeah. they're like, oh you weren't loyal to our colors and our gang and now you're gonna get right. beat or kicked out they they're get like, fired or they get yeah. killed um right. there's a there's a there's a, a a there have been several occurrences where cops have been shot by friendly fire as a result of they're not playing the game they're not being part yeah. of the fraternity as it were right and uh and they'll they'll they will just kill them <laughs> like uh, right. or they won't provide support when they need it so you know if mm-hmm. someone's if someone actually is if they're actually in a firefight or whatever the rest of the of the police just go eh go ahead Go ahead. Let's see how this works out for you. You didn't. Yeah, you weren't there for blue. us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Marshall Project has a great page about things like that. Uh, the Blue Wall of Silence. I recommend. I recommend just scrolling through that. It, they accumulate news stories about the Blue Wall of Silence and its effects. Wow. Yeah. And again, this is what happens when you have a monopoly, and in this case, it's a monopoly on violence. Yep. There's no accountability because you have the guns. What are you, like? What's what are they going to do? You know, and as long as people believe that they have a moral authority to have that mm-hmm. monopoly, again, it's not going to change, which is why, like, I believe it is. People are just like, well, what's your solution? And I made videos about, like, tangible, practicable solutions. But for me, one of the core solutions is always going to be changing the way people view the state. Yeah. You have right. to change the consciousness. Yeah. And a lot of people will critique that. A lot of people will say that just takes too much time. But when they're, <laughs> when they're saying, well, that just takes too much time, it's like their solution is just like, well, we have to g- take over the government. Right. <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, all right. Wonderful. Fantastic. You <laughs> best of luck, buddy. Uh, you know? Right. And it's like, uh, that's such a statist mentality of like, well, yeah. I can be trusted with this authority. I'm right. so good. I wouldn't be corrupted. I know what I'm doing with it. And that's yeah. what, Everybody believes that's what that is. A, that's paramount or quintessential statism. Like, well, yeah, some people did some bad things with it, but I wouldn't do that. And then you get in power and what happens? Like, right. that's, you're not held accountable. So why, right. why would you bother? It's very seductive. Right. Like, I understand oh, yeah. how people get sucked into it. Like, look at AOC. Ugh. Like, I don't know <laughs> that she ever had good intentions, but she certainly played it like she did. And she has just gotten sucked into the establishment so she can retain right. her power. And I'm sure to, she's still telling herself she's doing the right thing. She's helping people. Right. But she's part of the machine now. If you and look back like at the history, if you look back at the history of AOC, you can tell the moment that it happened to. There was a point when she was uh, first brought in that uh, Pelosi pulled her aside. Yes. And there were news articles written about this, about the fact that Pelosi had basically pulled AOC aside and, and, and had a little talk with her. Uh, and nobody knew about what or whatever, but, it, but this was a, a thing that had happened. And and, uh, and it was at that point, I believe she actually got a seat on a committee after that conversation. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, so it's, it's, one, it's, a, it's a very, uh, it's, it's many such cases. <laughs> But but it's one of those yeah, things where and it, that's it, why it, it's it like, turns the person. So even if AOC did have good intentions, yeah. it doesn't matter because it turns the mm-hmm. person. It doesn't it, it you you can't fight it. I mean, yeah, and, and a lot of people like to think of Bernie Sanders as like this rebellious fighter, but he's a lapdog. <laughs> like oh, he, yeah. he is a he's a complete lapdog. Bernie Sanders, uh, I'm sick of hearing about the emails. Like that 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 was the moment yeah. that oh, he the that he gave up recently. Do the I? Yemen vote recently. Yes! The, the vote for Yemen. The, the yes! Yemen resolution uh, recently. What a scumbag. Uh, completely back Right, down. right. Yeah. And people, you know, that's the thing is they love to view him as a revolutionary, but he has such, first of all, he's been part of the machine for yes, how long? Ever. <laughs> and I, I remember in 2016, 
I, because it was an election year and he was running and everybody was jumping on the Bernie train. He had lobbied for defense contracts for Vermont. Yes. Like, well, I'm going to get mine as long as that's as long as that's how it is. I'm going to get it for my constituents. Like, okay, so you're perpetuating it. You're right. part of it. Like, I can, I'm sorry, I can't take you seriously if you're going to say you're against the military industrial complex and then participate in it. And I believe I have a video on this. And it, this was 2016. If you go back, I think it's called like why I'm why I'm feeling the burn or something like and it's obviously making fun of Bernie Sanders supporters. Mm-hmm. But I did put in that video the the pro war bills he had voted for. Mm-hmm. And it's like what's so frustrating is like, dude, this information is out there. And again, this is what I did with Obama. The information was out there. He had voted to fund the Iraq war. It's, correct me if I'm wrong. As far as I remember, he, mm-hmm. he I think he voted against the war and then kept voting to fund it. Like it's but he so voted Im- present a lot on votes against it. Like you would yeah. just not, right. you would just vote middle of the road, <laughs> right? Like what a pussy! Like yeah. and of course, this is all to serve, and this is what it comes down to. They want to retain their power, so they're not going to do anything that disrupts mm-hmm. their chances. And that's what we saw with AOC. Whether or right. not she went into it with you know with good intentions or not, and to that end, like if you even if you go into it with good intentions, if you're using violence to accomplish your yeah. good intentions, they are no longer good. Like, go do it voluntarily and make a bigger difference and be more effective. Don't use the government to, like, mismanage funds and steal from people and screw them all over. Like, I'm sorry. Is there still poverty? Oh, yeah, there is. Even though there – how many welfare programs are there? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't help poor people, but, like, do it your fucking self. Don't vote to steal from other people. Have it be, like, a crappy service anyway and then pat yourself on the back because you supported it. Um, I know Larkin Rose uh, hit on this a lot in Molyneux back when he was, you know, uh, good. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> back when Molyneux made sense. Um, <laughs> uh, where he would, they would talk about like this about me arguments, uh, argumentation style where they'd be like, oh, you'd just be sit if you'd be talking about these ideas, sometimes you'd be like, well, okay, uh, just uh, forget the outer, forget the rest of the world exists for a second and just me, me and you in the room right now. And then he, you know, you would talk to him and they'd say, okay, you want this service funded. Um, and you think it's a good service. Now, do you want to convince me that's a good service? Or do you think it would be appropriate to use violence on me if I didn't fund the thing you wanted me to fund? And now most people would ne- would say, oh, no, I, w- I would never use violence on you. You know, right. you, that that's insane. But the moment you kind of put in this middleman of the police, then they think, oh, well, you know, we vote. And then the police do what the uh, politicians tell them to do. And then, then it's something else. It, it's something other than violence, you know. Uh, right so, and it, this go ahead no 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 you you go ahead well and that, that to me that that mentality is most blatant when you talk about gun control this is like oh, oh no yes. one should be allowed to have these weapons of war these <laughs> these tools of violence just the people that i've been out in the streets protesting because they abuse their power right. with their guns like yes. are you thinking this through who's going to go take the guns you need guns to take the guns yes <laughs> Like exactly. this, this violent crime you're seeing, not only is it perpetuated by government policy, but it's perpetuated more broadly by the mentality of statism, that it's okay to use violence to force people to comply, to yes. do what you want, to fund your programs. And of course, they're not thinking on this level. But again, like, that's why I think it's so important to address the consciousness, to address the mentality of statism, the belief in statism. Because yes, again, there are actionable solutions and strategies we can take, and those are very important. But unless you actually change the way people view it, it's a very pervasive paradigm. If people still believe that it's okay to use violence to control people and get what you want, you're going to keep having violence. It's not going anywhere. 
Right. And, and it's, it's a massive cognitive uh, dissonance to, to your right. Because like, if you grow up in this system and it's, you're, it's surrounded, it's going to seem perfectly normal, right? right. Um, when you draw these like distinctions that, you know, for an anarchist aren't really distinctions between, you know, law enforcement and, you know, some thug on the street uh, committing violence against the person, you right. know, uh, the, the, the normie, you know, uh, Republican or Democrat might think this is a hard and fast distinction, uh, but it's like, well, no, you, I mean, the, the law is just an opinion with a gun back behind it. Right. Yeah. Ultimately. And, yeah. and I think when you talk to people like this, uh, sometimes, you know, as you were saying before, not all rhetorical styles work. So you have to kind of like judge what type of per this person is, but sometimes right. I feel at least for me, uh, sometimes there are certain people who just need to be, you know, there's some people who dip their toe in the pool and some people just drop right into the cold water. So, you know, right. you kind of have to like do this like balance to find out who is who. Uh, but sometimes uh, I, I think some people do appreciate the just elimination of euphemism. Just call it how you see it. And yeah. this is, you know, this is the, the reality of the situation. Absolutely. And it's a, that's the importance, I think, especially when we're talking about like police brutality. So many mm -hmm. of the initial reasons these people are stopped is they're violating laws that the average liberal would be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. A tax on these right. cigarettes. Well, we got to stop people from smoking. OK, Eric yeah. Garner, you know, or yeah. their their taillight. It was a safety issue. And then uh, it's like you. There were a couple of those. Eric Garner was one. And then there was, I believe, a taillight was the reason for pulling over old uh, shit. What's his name? Orlando Castile. Orlando Castile. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And nobody wanted to touch that one. I mean, it was still a trending story, but I mean, the NRI, the NRA did not come to his defense. That's the was... thing that made me the most angry is the gun rights groups were yeah. nowhere to be fucking seen on that one. Yeah. And it was proof positive that your right to bear arms is contingent upon the, the, the call, how calm a fucking juice trigger happy cop is. It's yeah, absolutely oh, and, well, ridiculous. And the justification was, well, it smelled like weed in his car. The cop said, <laughs> I believe the cop. I believe the government. I believe in the authority. I hate the government. But I, the cop said, so it's true. Right. Yeah, and this is, this, is a, this is so telling because, again, I'm in Los Angeles. I was called up for jury duty, and this was a few years ago. And so I'm, I'm hoping this guy was just trying to get out of jury duty. I really hope he was. But someone like I think the judge was like, is any like are any of you potential jurors confused about the idea of innocent until proven guilty? And this guy literally goes, he's like, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, the cop if the cop says he did it like what? Oh. And I was just like, oh. that could go either way. That could be someone right, trying right. to get out of it or that oh could be someone God. who legitimately believes that because when it comes down to it, most jurors believe that like not exactly. explicitly. Right. But it's just a it's just a, a a bias that people in society have, and your jury is made up of people in society, right? And you look around the courtroom, and it's like, do not do this, do that, do not go here. It's just like all these commands. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, like, what right do you have to dictate to me? I'm only here because, well, I'm here because I would like to promote jury notification, but otherwise, I'm only here because you compelled me. You told me because to you're be saying I have to go. If I don't go, you're going to do something to hurt me. Like. <laughs> the entire and then there's still people who are like well that's what they said so you know that must be reality and it's that's what's so sad is people have been conditioned to believe that ultimately they don't matter that their opinion is lesser to somebody else's because somebody else basically says so at the end of the day it's words on paper and that's what i think so important when we talk about the ideas of anarchism is like mm -hmm. that's 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 an authentic empowerment 
that's like a true acknowledgement of your own worth and to right. to be compelled to submit to somebody else's version of reality like no thank you i i will not be participating in that yeah. I, I i grew up around conservatives a lot um and and for me it's especially annoying uh, the police issue in particular with conservatives because you know conservatives will champion personal responsibility right uh unless they're wearing a badge if they're wearing right. a badge <laughs> Then, well, <laughs> you know, the gun fired. He didn't he obey the police commands. It, the gun right. just, you know, it was the law. Uh, it was just like, yeah, the, the police issue in particular just really, really bothers me. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I didn't even, I came from the left. And of course, mm-hmm. both both wings of the ideology are dependent on police violence. But yes. it's just so fascinating to me with the right because it's like, Dude, who, again, who, who's going to do the tyranny? And that's like, that's a frustration I have with the, with the, the current uh, mainstream resistance, which is like a lot of Republicans Mm -hmm. and they will screech about tyranny, but I'm still not hearing many conversations about police enforcement. I think it did become a bit more apparent with COVID and lockdowns. And I think some people started to get it, but by and large, it still comes, well, they're just doing their jobs. Right. It's, it's well, not and, really their fault. And also, uh, I, uh, Dean and I have t- talked about this on a, a previous episode, but it's like, you know, um, the it, under it, under that logic, the lawmakers are just doing their jobs, too. So we can't right. really blame them either. Right. <laughs> and and it all comes back to this religion of like, well, and it's the will of the people. Of right. The people voted. I am a representative of what the people want. Like, OK, but like. Which people? I saw a license plate frame. I, it might have been DC, and the, the it was like no taxation without representation. Okay, but who's represented? Like fifty one percent of the people. What about the other ones? Okay, so I'm not paying taxes. The the person I voted for didn't get elected, right. so I'm not I've represented. Never felt represented. Therefore, I'm right. in Washington in my life. Yeah, no thanks. I'm not like who again. It's like all those euphemisms, yeah. and you know, like this the majority. Since when is the majority like? By w- what logic dictates that because a majority said it, it's correct? Right. And I, it's like congratulations, you just justified gang rape, uh, right? Exactly. Rules. And like so many things that are now looked back upon as like just objectively wrong, a majority yeah. approved of at the time. Yeah. They were totally cool with it. Like yeah. the internment camps, which yeah. like it's I know like people on the right will acknowledge that this was really fucked up now because the Democrat did it, obviously FDR. Mm-hmm. But at the time, there was overwhelming approval of oh, this. Yeah. I was literally just rounding people up who had done nothing wrong in complete violation of all the values enshrined in the special piece of paper in the Constitution. But because people were scared and they wanted big daddy government to take care of them. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Let's just throw people in camps, t- rip them from their homes, yeah. and literally lock them up and force them, some of them to do labor. I'm pretty sure that they – I've seen pictures of people doing labor at these camps. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine, just because people – most people said it was cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. most people supported the no, Iraq these, War, too. these aren't labor camps. They're internment camps. <laughs> <you know? Yeah. laughs> these are these are not the, the scary ones. These are the nice <laughs> ones with, like, Another rainbows euphemism. on the door. Right. Yeah. It's for your safety, so it's okay. Yeah. That resulted in a case called Korematsu. Yes. Korematsu v. U.S. And the case mm-hmm. ultimately determined that uh, no, it was totally legal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally Nine legal people. and fine. Yep. Nine people in little robes in a special little building that, that has significance because the people in power said it does. 
yeah, they, they just decided that it's fine. So it's okay. And like, that's the weird thing too. I made I made a video about this last year with the Roe v. Wade thing. It's like all these liberals are crying and it's like, dude, do you not see how your belief in this system got you here? Like, and this, and the same on the flip side, like, dude, you believe that these nine people ruling over 330 million have this authority. It's like, well, it's not all, it's checks and balances. Okay. And the government keeps itself in check when, when, when and how, like there might be little efforts. There's like an inspector general and a government accountability office, but like Mm -hmm. how many times has it been found that the Pentagon lost billions and trillions of dollars that are unaccounted for and, and, and yet they still get all the funding. Oh, they refuse. They refuse to actually look into those books. Right. Um, the, one of the things, Oh, Oh, uh, speaking of Kormatu, I'm sorry. Uh, wasn't overturned explicitly until 2018. Um, yeah, the case was in 1944. Uh, and, and it wasn't explicitly overturned until 2018. John Roberts wrote, uh, it was in the, it was in the case about the, um, the travel ban. If you remember that case during the Trump presidency. Yes. And it was actually brought up by Sotomayor in, uh, in, I believe she had a dissent on that and she brought up Korematsu and how this was like Korematsu. And uh, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, uh, the dissent's reference to Korematsu affords this court the opportunity to make express what is already obvious. Korematsu was gravely wrong the day it was decided. It has been overruled in the court of history and to be clear, has no place under, under the law. I'm sorry, no place in law under the Constitution. That was in 2018. It was explicitly overruled in 2018. See, justice works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Democracy. <laughs> it's such an effective right. system. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it, that is, Korematsu is one of my favorite cases because it is so blatantly wrong. Like, even when you just sit down and read it, like, it's so blatantly wrong. And it's, it's one of my favorite cases to bring up when people have a whole shitload of faith in the Supreme Court. Like, the right right now has a lot of faith in the Supreme Court. Right. And, um, I just, it, it, <sighs> These these decisions don't always go your way, man. And when they don't, they go your they go against you really bad, like really, really bad. <laughs> right. And I think that is such another like essential quality of statism that not enough people think about is the fact that like people love their power. They love when their guy has the authority. But then what happens when you don't? Because that's always right. what, that's the pendulum swings back and forth. If you want to give a Democrat, all the power, a Republican is eventually going to get it and vice versa. You want to give a Republican all that authority? Well, then a Democrat will have it. And then all of a sudden you're out of luck because the guy you don't support has authority over you. Like you want to keep playing this game? Okay, but I don't. Like stop forcing me to submit to your power trips because I don't want either of you. So where does that leave me? Like you're screwed half the time. I'm screwed all the time. I don't consent. Well, it's (laughs) definitionally unrepresented, which is the core of the problem with the idea of representative government is that you're, you're definitionally all three of us on this call are, are unrepresented and there is no one who could represent us. It's, it's right. It's impossible. Can I I vote for the ballot initiative to dismantle the government? Is that right? Can I vote for that? (laughs) Exactly. I'm not feeling represented until all of these uh, people in Washington are gone, immediately <laughs> vacated out of the building. <laughs> uh, and, you know, something too, uh, I, I think you, uh, we, we spoke on this a little bit earlier, but like, you know, how a lot of people, for a lot of people, um, you know, I think convincing people is like, 
very noble and we should try to continue convincing people. But there's also, I think a lot of people underestimate how technology can just like create libertarian outcomes without people intentionally wanting to create libertarian outcomes like with 3d printed guns or bitcoin well bitcoin you know maybe that's different but satoshi does reference you know uh, libertarianism but you know uh, people using bitcoin uh might not intentionally have libertarian ends in mind but nevertheless they will they there's a high likelihood that they will achieve libertarian ends just through their own personal self-interested actions um with these technologies it's so very effective. People partake without even knowing it. And it's the it's the market yeah. process, right? No, like exactly. the market produces things that no individual one person calculates in their mind and centrally plans the out the you know total product of what's going to be produced. Uh, people are you know putting their self interested little um, pieces uh, pieces into a certain thing, but they don't know what the exact product is going to look like. And I think that's what just happens with society in general a lot. And um, yeah, people, people just don't recognize that. Yeah. And it's great because there's just like an inevitability factor to it as, you know, as technology continues to advance and obviously there, there are downsides and there are pitfalls, but Mm -hmm. when there's decentralization and disruption, like with the taxi monopoly and Uber is very problematic in a lot of ways. I'm I'm not fully educated on, on Uber's inner workings Mm -hmm. and, and their corruption, but that was a huge disruption to the taxi monopoly, which used to rip oh, yeah. people off and they'd rip the drivers off like to get your taxi medallion. <laughs> yep. The amount you had to pay the government to get permission to drive someone around like and just that spirit of disruption, I think, is so essential to the long term process. Yeah, absolutely. OK, we have been going for two hours, you guys. We yeah, did I was- it. <laughs> 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 um are there any other any other questions comments that anybody has with regard to anything uh i would just want to thank carrie so much for uh coming on the show 100 percent, 100 percent. oh i'm so thank you guys for having me this was so much fun i haven't done a podcast in in months it's been a long time <laughs> and it's it was so fun to have this conversation and and hear your thoughts and and again, be reminded of how valuable, you know, even though we are all like-minded, mm-hmm. each of us has a different opinion to share and a different approach and a different, you know, just way to communicate the message. And it's it's uh, very heartening and encouraging to hear that from you guys. So thank you for oh, having yeah. me and for oh, talking to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it is. It's like, I, uh, uh, as I said, when I was like becoming an anarchist, you, Larkin Rose, uh, were really big inspirations like, on like, how I kind of <laughs> like, you know, uh, argue or how like i rhetorically you know try to convince people and stuff like that so no it it was an honor to have you on the show carrie thank you oh thank you and it was an honor to talk to you guys i'm I'm a big fan oh thank you do you have any uh do you have any uh plugs oh you can just find me on the usuals i'm on twitter i believe it's carrie underscore wedler that's my uh, stowaway name i have not been Mm -hmm. banned yet uh, <laughs> my name is C-A-R-E-Y-W-E-D, like a dog, L-E-R. It's on YouTube. Um, I'm very shadow banned there. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I automatically post to Odyssey. So if you don't want to use these uh, normie mainstream platforms, you can find me there. Everything I post on YouTube automatically goes there. Um, I'd say find me on TikTok, but that account, I've already been banned once. That one's probably going to get banned again. But you can find me there maybe if they haven't uh, banned me on the searches. So uh I'll be around. I'll find a way no matter what. I am that cockroach. So 
all of those links will uh, <laughs> all of those links will be in the description of the episode i'll put them all in the notes cool thank you yeah uh dean do you have any plugs uh just pacing Joska on twitter j-o-u-s-k-a um and i i should be i should be returning to normal here pretty quick actually as far as like being able to actually communicate with people goes because i took the bar so uh, we'll see how that goes, and then when are you yeah. getting the results back? When do you? When did they send those out? Or uh, I keep hearing mid-April, but it could be into March. Oh man, that that wait is like cruel and unusual. It's the punishment. worst. That's a, yeah. a constitutional. It's <laughs> 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 a bill of rights violation. It is the absolute worst. There really ought to be a law. It's <laughs> yeah, the worst thing. Yeah. Um. And especially not knowing because I, that MBE was absolutely killer, and everyone who took it agrees that that MBE was very difficult. And so it'll be huh. interesting to not see what the know. outcome is there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, you go ahead, Ace. Oh no, yeah, uh, uh, I I did want to say one more thing, like Carrie, when we um, we were all talking about like how you know you want to like you know love liberty more than you hate the state you know you don't want to be consumed yeah. by like I, one of my favorite philosophers um albert camus has this quote which I, I i've always loved and i think it just like encapsulates like anarchism is this kind of like an orientation rather than like outcome or like um utopia which is like um he, he says like the only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion and i think yes. that's sort of like what the anarchist ethos sort of should embody uh, and I think I think you, Larkin Rose, and a bunch of other people really embody that. So that, Aww, thank you. For I appreciate on. that, and yeah. that's also one of my favorite quotes too. It's it's like oh, a guiding yeah. sensibility for me, and it's I'm not sure I always embody it, but it's something that I aspire to. So I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you sharing it and uh, all the kind words. Yeah, it's a great quote. Yeah, um, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at ace underscore arcus and my Substack at aceharcus.substack.com. And that's all I have. But I want to say thank you again, Carrie, for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, you so, guys much. so much for having me. It was great. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, we will see Later, everybody guys. next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.